Hi, my name's Paul Grogan and welcome to episode 24 of the all new Gaming Rules podcast. This episode is an audio version of the monthly video log that went out at the start of July 2022. A big thank you to all of my patron supporters who make these audio podcasts possible. And if you like the content that I create and you want to support the channel directly, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash gaming rules. And now on with the show. Hi, my name's Paul Grogan and welcome to the Gaming Rules Monthly Video Log for July 2022. As always, this video log covers all of the games that I've played since the last one. So the time period covered by this video log is the 12th of June 2022, right up to yesterday, which is the 7th of July. I'm recording this on Friday the 8th of July. Um, this video log might not go out till the weekend, so there will probably be a couple of games that I've played um, between filming this video and it actually going out live, but I'll cover that in the next video log. So yeah, the format of this video log is as always. I'm going to be talking about all of the games that I've been playing, and then I'm going to give you a Patreon update, got some news about the charity payments, uh, and various other things that I've been up to. So let's dive in and let's talk about all of the games that I've played since the last video log, starting with... 15th of June, Star Wars Outer Rim. So I did a solo playthrough of Star Wars Outer Rim using the new expansion Unfinished Business. As many of you know, each month I do at least one solo playthrough. I normally do two or three, but one of them each month is voted on by Patreon supporters. And for June, you voted on, you wanted to see a live playthrough of Star Wars Outer Rim with the new Unfinished Business expansion, which I did. Um, that was following me covering the multiplayer game earlier on in the month. And Star Wars Outer Rim, what can I say about it that I haven't said about it already? It is my favourite Star Wars themed game. I haven't played all of them. Uh, I've played quite a few. But Star Wars Outer Rim I think is absolutely fantastic. And it's one of those games which um, a lot of people when you look at it on the surface and, and you look at the kind of games that I would enjoy might be a little bit puzzled as to why I enjoy this game so much because there is a little bit of randomness, it can go on a bit long, there is a little bit of downtime but everything about the game um, I, ju I just love. Theme-wise I think it fits absolutely perfectly into the Star Wars universe um, and mechanically I, I actually like a lot of the mechanisms within the game as well. There's obviously the dice rolling for combat and things like that but I've, I've grown to sort of you know, learn to adapt my, my gaming preferences to that. So yeah, Star Wars Outer Rim I absolutely love. Um, I have another game of it planned at Manicon in a week or so's time. And yeah, it's a game that I would definitely never say no to. So that's Star Wars Outer Rim solo playthrough. Then on the 16th of June, I did a, a solo playthrough. Uh, well, it wasn't a solo playthrough as such, um, because Rick joined me. Um, but we did Batman Gotham City Chronicles. Now, this video only went out to Patreon supporters as it was a behind-the-scenes view of some of the work that I do. I'm going to be working, well, I am working with Monolith and Jason, the designer of the Solo Rules for Batman Gotham City Chronicles. Uh, and on the 16th of June, I got a chance to actually try them out for the first time. So we connected to Jason via, um, via Discord. I was sharing my camera views with him. And he was basically teaching me and Rick how to play the solo game of it. Uh, and we did that. So we did a solo playthrough. Now that's not live, that's not a public video because that was my first introduction to the solo system before I started working on the rule book for it. Uh, and now that we've been working on the rule book and with the help of some other people as well, we've been tweaking the rules of the game. So it's not a video that I'm going to make public because it's actually now wrong. 
um, and it was very much a behind the scenes look into what I was doing. Now a lot of people are very excited about the solo mode for Batman Gotham City Chronicles. Uh, if you are interested in, in joining in, I, I, I've created a Discord server specifically for the discussion of the rulebook for Batman Gotham City Chronicles and if you want to join in on that uh, just let me know and I can get you added to it. That's where the discussion is going on. In terms of when I'm going to be covering it publicly, I will be covering it in September. So at the start of September this year, I will be doing a public live playthrough of the solo game for Batman Gotham City Chronicles. Um, by then, the rulebook will be finished and that will be a video of the final version of the game. So watch this space for that. Next up, on the 16th of June, I played four games of Sniper Elite. Why did I play four games of Sniper Elite? It's because on the 17th of June, I was doing a sponsored playthrough uh, from Rebellion Unplugged. They asked me to cover the game, so um, I had to basically learn it. So when Rick came over on the 16th and we played Batman Gotham City Chronicles, we also tried out uh, Sniper Elite. So this was a very much a learning game from the rulebook. We learned how to play the game by reading the rulebook, uh, and then we played two games of it. One with me as the sniper, and one with Rick as the sniper. Then, in the evening, I went to the local Cranbrook Games Group, where I played two games of it that evening as well. So again, this is all in preparation. If I'm doing a sponsored playthrough of a game, I need to properly learn it and properly practice it and make sure I know how the game plays. And the way that I do that is by taking out time in my schedule to basically, you know, play the game multiple times to get used to it. So yeah, two games with Rick in the day, and then in the evening, I took the game to the local club and I played two games there. Now, what was interesting is, um, I then covered the game on the Friday, so I've now played the game at all player counts, right? The game with Rick was a one versus one game, and in this game, one player is the sniper, and the other player is the defenders, which is made up of nine uh, German soldiers and officers mixed into three groups. There's a yellow group, a red group, and a black group. So if you're playing a one-on-one -on -one game, then one of the players plays all of the defenders. But in the evening, on the Thursday evening, there were four players in the game. So in that game, one player plays the sniper, and then each of the defenders actually plays one of the groups. And then on the Friday, the live playthrough, which if you want to see is on the channel, it's a live playthrough with both of the designers. David and Roger, the designers of the game, uh, I did a three-player game with them. So I have played it at two, three, and four players. And the feel of the game is very different. First of all, if you're playing a one versus one game, then you as the defenders, you're in control of everything. Okay, You choose where every single one of the defenders moves, you can coordinate your attacks, and there is no discussion with other players because you're obviously not going to tell the sniper what you're thinking about and the sniper's sitting there silently trying to move around secretly. If you're playing with two players, uh, sorry, three players, then there are two defenders. So you will have those two defenders talking to each other and discussing things. And if you play with a four-player a four, four game, then you've got three players as the defenders. And what that means is you have a whole load of discussion between the defenders about what to do. Now, personally, I think that's a good thing. If you want your games to flow quickly and not have much downtime, then the three or the four player game might not be for you. And you might just want to play this game one on one. But for me, I think the idea of players working together and really discussing their options, as long as it only goes on for maybe two or three minutes, um, you know, then, then that's great. And that's that's for me where the game shines. It's not the one versus one, because then you just sat there in silence. I love the fact that the defenders are actually going, oh, well, maybe he's over here. Well, what about that? Well, well I could go here and actually working together. But that's because I like cooperative games and I like team games. So that, that part of the game really, really resounds to me. Anyway, Sniper Elite uh, from Rebellion Unplugged. If you want to see that, 
that is on the channel now. And I'm saying I played it at all player counts. This has got a solo mode as well. So actually later in the month, uh, which is also on the channel, I did a solo playthrough. So yeah, if you want to see either a solo playthrough of the game or uh, a live playthrough with me and both of the designers, they are both on the channel now. Right, next up. Uh, Charterstone. On the 19th of June, met up with Mark and Sally, uh, and we continued our Charterstone campaign, which has been on hold for a few months due to COVID. Um, we basically arranged to meet up every few weeks, and we book it all in our diaries. Uh, and then a few months ago, they couldn't make it because they'd got COVID. And then a month or so later, we couldn't make it because we'd got COVID. And, and then various other things happened. And it's been a long time since we played Charterstone together. But we met up on the 19th and we played two more games. Now, we're playing through the entire campaign. The games that we played uh, on, the, on the 19th were, was it games 8 and 9? It was either games 8 and 9 or 9 and 10. I can't quite remember. But... The run of the campaign so far, without giving any spoilers away, in each of the games, there's 12 that make up a campaign, in each of the games there is a winner. And quite jokingly, uh, I haven't won a single game of it, okay? So we're, we're eight or nine games in, or seven or eight or nine games in, whatever, um, and I haven't won a single game of it. And then on that Sunday, I won both games. There's two reasons for that. Uh, the first one is that I think I just played better that day, but also... Uh, and I don't give, want to give too many spoilers away, but something happens in the middle of the campaign which gives a boost to the player who is not doing very well, and that's me. Um, and if it weren't for that boost, I may not have won those games. Um, but anyway, really, really enjoying the Charterstone uh, campaign so far. Now, Charterstone is another one of those Stonemaier games which a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon and said, this game's awful when it came out. Um, uh, and, and I can think of many, many others that they've done that for. Uh, Tapestry got a lot of criticism, Pendulum got a lot of criticism, uh, and Charterstone got a lot of criticism, uh, and we're really enjoying it. There's just something about the game that is just really nice to play. And sure, your starting games are very, very simple. Put a worker here, get a resource. Put a worker there, spend a resource, get a point. Fairly simple, but the game really ramps up as you start unlocking all of the stuff. So yeah, I really like Charterstone as a game. I think it um, it melds a lot of different um, mechanisms together in the way that the different cards work and the different areas work uh, and the, the quota track and the reputation track and all of those things. I think it all works really well together as a game. Uh, when I finished playing through the physical game, I do plan on covering the digital version because there is a digital version of the game, which is fantastic, really, really well done. Uh, and one of these days, I'm going to get together with five of my patron supporters and we're going to do an all-day stream where we play through the entire campaign. It's on my list of things that I want to do. So yeah, that's Charterstone. Also in the same day, um, we, we meet up, as I say, with Mark and Sally and we, we play a couple of games of Charterstone. It's a social event as well and we always have dinner. So one time they come to us and Vicky cooks dinner uh, and another time we go to them. Uh, and this time we went to them, Mark cooked dinner, Sally cooked the dessert. But we also play some fun games. So we had a couple of games of So Clover, which I've talked about before on the channel. Fantastic game. Absolutely love So Clover. So Clover. And we also play Pictures. Now, I've not played Pictures before. Pictures is actually a Spiel des Jahres winner from 2020. Um, and I remember when the Spiel des Jahres winners were announced that year, the winner is Pictures. And I kind of went, yeah, whatever, don't know, never heard of the game, move on. Um, and, and I didn't actually know really what the game was about, but Mark and Sally have a copy of it, and they said, oh, why don't we play Pictures? Um, so for those of you who don't know, this is very much a fun-style game for families 
um, that is that is very very accessible and a lot of fun to play. What you do is you put out a grid of cards, which are photos. Uh, a 4x4 four four grid, and then you label that grid with the letters A, B, C, D, 1, 2, 3, 4, and each player draws a token out of the bag to tell them which of the pictures they are trying to describe. Uh, and there's five different things that you can use to describe it. There's like um, some sticks and some stones, there's a little grid of cubes, there's some cards, there's two shoelaces, and there's some building blocks. And whichever one you have, you've got to somehow arrange the things that you've been given to try and best describe the picture. Uh, and it's simple scoring, everybody who guesses yours correctly gets a point and you get one point for everybody else you guess correctly. Then what happens is you pass your, your bits to the player to the left and you do five rounds, so in each round you will have one of the things to describe a picture. Um, and that's basically how the game plays. It's a lot of fun, very accessible, uh, and I am going to be getting a copy of it soon. It's very rare that Vicky actually enjoys a game so much that she says to me, we should get a copy of this game. So I am going to be getting my own copy of pictures and it will be added to the to the GridCon library. Um, yeah, it was just, it fits there with me in the same category sort of as Just One and So Clover uh, in that these are games that are very, very accessible. Anybody can play them and they are just, um, yeah, they're, they're also good for gamers. Gamers can enjoy them as well as a little bit of a 15, 20 minute break and we still get enjoyment out of it. So that that's good. Next up on the 22nd of June is another session of Gloomhaven Digital. The reason why I cover Gloomhaven Digital in this section, and you might think, well, why, why is Paul talking about playing computer games? Gloomhaven Digital for me is an almost direct representation of the board game. So I log my plays of Gloomhaven Digital as if they were plays of the board game uh, and I talk about it. So I got together with a few friends and we continued the Jaws of the Lion scenarios. So the Jaws of the Lion, unlike the board game, is actually DLC. For the uh, for the digital adaptation, and it's actually just a, uh, basically the scenarios that are in Jaws of the Lion have been adapted. Most of them are the same, but the early scenarios in Jaws of the Lion have been slightly adapted, um, and it's just other scenarios that you can do. So what's interesting about this is that we've actually got the the, the party that we've got for my Gloomhaven digital campaign ended up being quite nasty and they, they started going down the negative reputation route. But then when we decided to start playing Jaws of the Lion, we created all new characters. And this is the sort of strange thing. It's the same party, even though all of the characters, some have been retired and some, have, some and, and new ones have joined. And we've decided with the new ones that we're the good guys. So what we're doing is the other group, which is still the same players, just with different characters, they always make the nasty choices and their reputation goes down. But these new characters that we've chosen, they're kind of increasing the reputation to try and offset the bad reputation that the other guys in the party have given us. Um, but yeah, Gloomhaven Digital, still really enjoying that and still would like time to play it more. I say that every single month. Next up, on the 24th of June, Mini Express, using the UK map. Now, Mo Ideas, I've had a relationship with them for, for many years, and they contacted me and they said, Paul, we know you've covered Mini Express before on the channel and you quite like it. Would you like to cover uh, one of the expansion maps? And it turns out that uh, Mini Express, the map expansion one, called I think it's called Map Pack 1, but it's basically the first expansion. There may be more expansions for Mini Express in future, who knows, but this is the first one. Uh, has actually got four maps included in it, and one of those maps is designed by Tony Boydell. I've known Tony for over 20 years. We go back to the late 90s where we played Magic the Gathering together uh, in the cellar of a, of a club in Hemel Hempstead. Those were the days, Tony. Um, but Tony's gone on to be a successful games designer in his own right. 
and done lots of very popular games and he designed the UK map for Mini Express. So I'm definitely going to want to cover that on channel. First of all, a publisher that I have a good relationship, a designer who I've known for over 20 years and I'm friends with, and a game which I enjoy. So yes, thank you very much for that. So although it was a sponsored video, it was always one that I was going to do. Um, so we did that, that was on the channel, if you want to go and see that. It was a three-player playthrough and it was with Nick and Gemma. Now Nick and Gemma used to be regulars on the channel, um, but then uh, Gemma's recently had a baby. Well, I say recently, it was it was uh, January, I think. It was either end of the year, end of last year or January, I can't remember. Um, but obviously they've been focused on looking after their, their baby, Harriet, for a while, so they've not been on the channel. Um, and they've also not been out very much, so it was really nice to get them back to see them again. And uh, yeah, that, that playthrough is on the channel. So it's a three-player game of the UK map for Mini Express. Now, the Kickstarter, if you're watching this, fairly close to when I'm releasing this video, uh, the Kickstarter is actually running at the moment. So I did that video before the Kickstarter went live, but the Kickstarter is running right now. It has funded, but if you're interested in getting hold of the expansion of maps for Mini Express, go and check out the Kickstarter page. Right, next up, um, 26th of June, I played So Clover and Pictures again because Vicky's sister and her family came round for the day, then Vicky and her sister went off somewhere, so I had to basically entertain the kids. Um, now there's Malcolm, who's the father, uh, and then there's Holly and there's Alex. Uh, and I think they're like 12 and 10 years old or something like that. And they said to me, they said, Paul, you need to entertain them for about an hour or so. What are you gonna do? And I said, well, I could ask Sally if I could borrow her copy of pictures which we'd recently played. So that's what we did. Uh, so I borrowed Sally's copy of Pictures because I don't have my own copy yet. Um, and yeah, we played Pictures with them. And it was it was a lot of fun. So going back to what I said earlier on about Pictures, about it being family friendly, literally it was that. And played it with Holly and Alex and Malcolm and it was a lot of fun and it worked really well uh, and we enjoyed it. And there was still a bit of time after we'd played before the girls got back. So we got out So Clover. Now, this is, this is interesting. I didn't think that So Clover was going to be... I thought it was going to be too hard for Holly and Alex to play So Clover. Not play it, but actually do their own words, because I find it challenging. Everybody I know who's played So Clover finds it really challenging to come up with words that link the two things together. So I thought, they're going to really struggle with that. So I'll tell you what, I, what I will do is I, I, I will just do it for me. You know, I'll put the words in and I'll try and come up with the clues, and they will try and guess. We won't actually all do it. We'll just do it with maybe me and maybe Malcolm. We'll do it, and then the kids can try and guess. But after they'd done it once, they was like, oh, we want to go. We want to go. We, we want to have a go at this. And they actually did it. Um, and it was really nice. Now, some of the words that they came up with were not great, but then again, some of the words I come up with were not great. So it actually worked really well. And after a trial run of me showing them how the game played, we actually then did play a full game of it with, with all of us doing our own clues and everything else. Um, so yeah, So Clover, another game and pictures that definitely are going to be uh, the go-to games for those, those particular times. Right, next up, 27th and 28th of June, I covered on the channel a game called Shoes Tactics, S-H-U, apostrophe S. Um, really interesting story behind this. So as a content creator um, and somebody who makes videos and all of this sort of stuff, I get a fair number of emails from people who've designed their own games who want me to cover their games. That's just how it is. Sometimes those emails come from well-established publishers, you know, like Mo Ideas saying, Paul, would you like to do a video on Mini Express? And sometimes those emails come from, uh, you know, new games designers who haven't got any prior design experience, 
who haven't got a publisher, who are self-publishing or, or whatever. Um, and you do get them. You, you know, if, if you are a content creator as well, you will also know that you get those emails from people asking you to cover their games. And most of the time, those emails uh, can be very generic. Um, you know, dear gaming rules team, we love the videos that you create. It's like, what? You clearly don't know who I am. Um, but I got a very personal message from somebody who is a fan of mine. They've watched loads of my videos. Uh, he, in the email that I got, they even sort of mentioned, oh yeah, I loved your Through the Ages video. It was great. I've watched it many times, etc., etc." So I got this email from somebody who you know, clearly knew who I was uh, and they were fans of mine. And they said, oh, they've been working on this game and everything else. And I thought, okay, right. This is like the type of email that I've had many, many times before. But as I started reading the email, I was like, hang on a minute, no, this actually seems quite quite genuine. And he basically he's designed this uh, roll and write game called Shoes Tactics. He's going to be going on Kickstarter with it uh, and wanted me to cover it on the channel. So I went back to him and I said, okay, yeah, I'd be, I'd be more than happy to take a look at the rulebook. I had a look at the rulebook for it because I've been caught out in the past over the last sort of few years by saying yes to something. And then when I've covered the game, I'm like, uh, that's not my kind of game. So I, I asked to see the rulebook for it and I did look at it and I was like, okay, this is interesting. This is actually, this looks like quite an interesting, a bit more meatier roll and write game. And yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to cover it on the channel. And that's what I did. So on the 27th, I did a learning game of it. And then on the 28th, I did a live playthrough. Now the Kickstarter isn't live for this yet. It's going live on, I believe the 20th of this month. So in, in a couple of weeks time, the, the Kickstarter for Shoes Tactics is going to be going live. And what was really nice is that I also saw other content creators advertise that they were going to be covering it as well. So Rado's going to be covering it. Uh, Tom from Slicker Drips is going to be covering it. I've already covered it on the channel as well. So I'm really hopeful uh, that the designer gets the um, the publicity that he deserves for this um, because all credit to him for, for basically coming up and designing his own game and then self-publishing and going on Kickstarter with it. This is going to be one of those games where if you back it, I think it's a relatively low price. You basically get sent the files to be able to print it out yourself and play it at home. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in that, check it out on the channel, Shoes Tactics. Um, it's on there, the date was 28th of June. And as I say, the Kickstarter is going live later this month uh, and it will be a relatively cheap game. So if you like your a bit meatier, quite thinky, uh, roll and write games, then that, that's exactly what it is. Right, next up, I had a birthday weekend. So it was my birthday on the 3rd of July, uh, as it is every year. And this year, I decided to do something different. What I decided to do was, the, the day of my birthday itself was, was, was the Sunday. I decided to have a day off on the Sunday and spend some time with Vicky. And then depending on what the weather was gonna be like, we might have gone out for the day or stayed in, watched TV, I'm not sure. But I traditionally have a games weekend over my birthday. So what I decided to do was take the Friday off work, uh, and spend all day Friday playing games and all day Saturday playing games. And I did something new. What I did is I live streamed every single game that I played Friday and Saturday, but only to patron supporters. Now, the reason that I did this is whenever I'm doing a live stream of a game, which is a public live stream, I have to set up all of the lighting, all of the cameras. I have to make sure all of the microphones are, are working and you know in the right place and everything else and then I have multiple camera angles. If you've seen any of my live videos, you'll, you'll know I'm switching between camera angles so that you as an audience have a better view of what's going on. I didn't want the extra added stress of doing that on my birthday. So what I decided to do is 
I simply turned on the overhead microphone, turned on the overhead camera, started streaming it, and that was it. It was very much a pause playing games with his friends and we get a chance to be a fly in the room and watch what's going on, right? So the audio quality wasn't good, there was a fixed camera, that, that was about it. But the reason I did that is as a thank you to my Patreon supporters, because without you, this channel wouldn't be possible. And I'll talk about this a little bit more later on in the video. But this wasn't, um, this wasn't a, oh, Paul's, Paul's introducing a paywall in order for people to get his content. That's not what this is. This was a, a thank you to you as my patron supporters, uh, basically to give you a behind the scenes look at, you know, me playing games for the day. So on the Friday, what I did is I actually, nobody came around on the Friday. Friday was an online gaming day, where what I did is I played games with patron supporters around the world. And then on a Saturday, the Saturday was an in-person games day where about 14 or 15 people came around uh, and we played games. So let's go through what I played on the Friday. I played Underwater Cities on Yukata. Uh, that was the first game of the day, which was fantastic. That was probably my favorite game of the day because Underwater Cities, I absolutely love. It's on Yukata, free to play, and the interface is, is brilliant. Um, and I love Underwater Cities. I, I just think it's an absolutely fantastic game. The problem with Underwater Cities is that everything else the designer has done since Underwater Cities is, in my opinion, not as good as Underwater Cities. <laughs> so he's come out, he's done Praga Kaput Regni, um, and last year he did Messina 1347, and this year he's got Woodcraft, which is actually a co-design with Ross. Um, but none of them are as good. Well, I don't know about Woodcraft yet, because I've not played it, but Praga and Messina are good games. They're very solid games, but they're not as good as Underwater Cities. Underwater Cities, there's something just really, really nice about the game that I absolutely love playing it. Um, does it help the fact that I won the game? Not at all. Underwater Cities is the kind of game that I will just play. I will enjoy playing just as much if I'd have come last or I came first. I did win that game, by the way, but um, I, I don't know how because I've not played the game in a couple of years. I think every, I got quite lucky with a number of cards that synergized all based on tunnels. So I got a card that says, oh, it was an action card that was build a tunnel and upgrade a tunnel. And then I had another card that says once per turn when you upgrade a tunnel, get a bonus. And then I had, and my end game scoring metropolis was for having tunnels. So yeah, I, I kind of got lucky a bit with the cards, but there were definitely a number of key decisions that I made during the game. Uh, we played with the advanced boards as well. And I, I'm so often teaching new people how to play the game that I don't use the advanced boards. And the advanced boards were really interesting. I think I got board number six. And I didn't realise until the end of the game, but the top right city on board number six is this super, super city that costs a massive amount extra to build, but all production in it is tripled. And I was like, oh, I didn't spot that till the end. Maybe next time I play, if I play with board number six, I might actually go for that and try and use that as a strategy because triple production in one city seems, seems very good. Anyway, that was Underwater Cities. Uh, that was the first game that I played in the morning. Uh, and what was really nice is I played that with three different people in three different countries. So it was a really multinational game. Uh, we were all talking and chatting over Discord while we played it. Thank you very much for people who joined me for that. Next up, played Boone Lake. Now, Boone Lake is currently sitting in one of my favourite games of last year, but I don't know where it sits in my favourite games of last year. Boone Lake is designed by Alexander Pfister. It was his game from 2021, and I really enjoy it. Um, mechanically, I really enjoy the game. The flow of the game, the pace of the game, the really agonizing decisions that you have to make in the game but one of the things that i really like about the game 
um, is, is, is the card play system. You have a hand of cards, but you have so many opportunities in the game to discard cards for money. Okay, it isn't a, a thing that you can always do, but very often in the game you've got, oh, you can either play a card or discard it for two money. And money is really tight in the game. So yeah, the way that the card system works is really good. You're gonna be drawing lots of cards. You're gonna be discarding lots of cards. Um, I love Maracaibo, but sometimes the card flow system in Maracaibo isn't as often as I would like. And in Boon Lake, it's really good. So yeah, really like Boon Lake. And I really enjoyed the game. I think I did terribly. I think I came last in that game. But it was a really good game. I really enjoyed playing it. And I still don't know where Boon Lake sits in my favourite games of last year. It's definitely up there. And I think I need to play it another, another half a dozen times. And I haven't tried the solo mode of it yet. So definitely need to try the solo mode. Then in the evening, the final online game of the day was Australia. We found a mod on Tabletop Simulator. Uh, and I've been wanting to play Australia again for a long time. In fact, I've had the expansion set for it and not touched it yet. But I will be doing tonight. So <laughs> yeah, just a sneak preview of what's happening tonight. I'm gonna to be playing Australia. Um, but I decided that I wanted to play Australia again and there is a Tabletop Simulator mod for it. So we played that. Again, people around the world. Uh, Elle joined us uh, all the way from America uh, for that and, and we played it. Now that game didn't go well for a couple of reasons. Uh, well, three reasons, in fact. The first reason, we had uh, various audio issues with people connecting, which meant it was, it was quite difficult at times. Uh, but the second reason is, I ended up getting an old tabletop simulator mod where it was done using a previous set of the rules. And I didn't realise this until we started playing. But a lot of the, uh, the objects in that game, were it didn't have the, the number and the arrows on and things like that. And it was a really weird mod. Turns out I'd, I'd, I'd just grabbed a mod that turns out was an old mod and there probably is a better one on there. Um, but that was a little bit fiddly. And the third reason is, very similar to the last time I played Australia, I, I spoiled the game for everybody. So Australia, if you don't know, it's a Martin Wallace game themed around a study in Emerald. Uh, and it's based on Victorian times in Australia where you are building train tracks and gathering resources, but Cthulhu's there with loads of monsters. And it's... It's not a semi-cooperative game, or is it a semi-cooperative game? I guess it sort of is, in a way. But there is one condition where the game can end early, and that is if um, one player's home port gets destroyed, the game ends early, and you count up the points, and you might all lose. And that's what happens. Uh, and that's what happened uh, in our game. And I just feel bad about it, because I played badly, I made some wrong decisions, and I didn't protect my home port enough, and then the zombies arrived, or whatever they were, they attacked my home port, got destroyed, game's over, count up the points, and because we'd only just, well, we're about a third of the way into the game, uh, Cthulhu won. Because it's interesting, when, when one player's port gets destroyed, you go to the point system, and it could be that if, if that happens late in the game, you will still have a winner of the game. But if it happens early in the game, there's too many bad monsters still out there, um, yeah, we all lost the game. So apologies for, for messing up the game for everybody. That was... That was Friday, so it was all online games. And if you want, if you're a patron supporter and you want to see any of those games being played, you can just go go back to the messages that I posted on the Patreon page from last week, and I and I, I gave you a link to a document, and all of the videos are linked in that document. On the Saturday, it was a party round here, so it was a birthday party round here, which was a games day. So we tidied the whole house. Vicky had made a really nice cake, and we basically we had games round here. Uh, I'll put some photos of, of some of the games that were being played 
um, during the day. I played three games myself, although, no, four, four games, and one of the games wasn't streamed. But I personally played Perseverance in the morning. So we, used, we played Perseverance, which I really enjoy, and Mark brought round his painted dinosaurs. So Mark has been painting his dinosaurs. These are not mine. Mine are not painted, unfortunately. Um, but we played Perseverance episode one in the morning. I really enjoy Perseverance. Um, it's, I'm not quite sure whether Perseverance or Anachrony is my favourite game from Mind Clash Games. They're both equally as good. Uh, for, for now, I can't... I can't differentiate which one I enjoy the most. I just know that I enjoy both games equally as much. And we only played episode one. I do enjoy episode one. I enjoy episode two uh, as well. I do not agree with the people who say episode one is just for your first game and after you've played it once, don't bother with it. It's just the warm-up to episode two. I personally disagree with that. I think episode one and episode two are both equally good standalone games you might have a slight preference for episode two but if if you're listening to people that are saying don't bother playing episode one it's just a training game no it's not episode one is a fully standalone game that is perfectly playable and perfectly good um sure episode two is a little bit more complicated but that doesn't mean it's necessarily a better game i know a lot of people prefer episode two to episode one but don't discount episode one anyway perseverance played that in the morning Really, really enjoyed that game. Did well as well. I think I won that game. Uh, then we had a little bit of a break for lunch. So in the afternoon, we played Endless Winter. You can see Endless Winter. I've got a box of it here. Um, and this was a relearning game for me, which is another reason why I didn't cover it live on the channel. So although I worked professionally on the Endless Winter project, I basically wrote and edited the rulebook for the game and all of the expansions. It's been months since I've worked on it and I've learned a lot of other games and I've played a lot of other games since. So we got out Endless Winter, We a lot of us really wanted to play it and it was a relearn the game from the rulebook and then play the game. So I have now played Endless Winter with the final version of the rules because in the time that I was working on the rulebook there was a lot of development work being done on the game and there's a lot of rules that kept changing. So it was really nice to play the final version of the game. Um, I'll talk about Endless Winter a little bit more uh, later on because I also played it last night. So we'll come back to this one later. Next up in the evening we played Stars of Akarios, which is here. So Stars of Akarios, another big box game which, which has arrived. This is a campaign, narrative campaign driven game set in space which is kind of a combination between a tactical combat system which takes a lot of inspiration from Gloomhaven but also exploring a planet or exploring the galaxy which works a little bit like the Seventh Continent Tainted Grail system of you've got cards and you move from one to another. Um, so yeah, it is a campaign driven game with a lot of narrative uh, and I've been wanting to play it for a... well, I've been wanting to play it for a while because I did a rulebook consultancy for this like two years ago when Brendan contacted me and he had a very, very rough draft of the rulebook. Uh, since then, I've been waiting for it to come out and backers have been getting their copies of it recently. Um, and I gave it a go on the Saturday night. So yeah, we just played the first scenario, which was very much a spaceship dogfight tactical combat game. Whenever you do damage with a weapon to another ship, it is a fixed amount of damage. And then you draw a card from a modifier deck, which modifies the amount of damage. It's not just Gloomhaven in space. It isn't choose two cards and which card you want to play. It actually uses a dice system. So on your turn, on the player's turn, you roll four dice and then you assign those dice to various things on your ship, which allow you to move around, shoot and do various other things. So yeah, we played, we played that in the evening and it was nice to play it, 
all of us who played it, well, not all of us who played it, um, Stephen wasn't keen on it, but then again, he's not a fan of Gloomhaven. But this was actually played in the morning as well. So uh, I didn't play it in the morning, but a couple of people who were here played it in the morning. Then they played it again. They want to play it again. Uh, and one of the other players I played it with in the evening and me want to play it again. But I've actually been painting the miniatures for this as well. So more on that later as well. Um, and then in the evening, so I said all games were streamed. They weren't. In the evening, it was very late. It was like half ten at night. And I was like, well, it's a little bit early to wrap the evening up. And there were still like six people here. And I was like, everybody want to stay for another game? So we stayed for a game and we played a game of just one. So it was a very late night game of just one, uh, which was a lot of fun. And we actually played proper rules. 13 cards. If you guess and you get it wrong, you lose a card. So not the, the family-friendly version of the game, but the actual proper game of just one. And it was really good. Yeah, I mean, I love Just One. Um, I, I always say it's really good because it's a really good game and it's really enjoyable to play. Um, but yeah, and that was the end of my two days of gaming. It was exhausting. It was absolutely exhausting. And because there was quite a lot of stress in the lead up to it, both with all of the planning, the organisation, tidying the house and various other issues I had going on like normally, um, I, I didn't get much sleep on the Thursday night or the Friday night. So on the Sunday, the, the nice day for my birthday was actually spent sitting in front of TV, watching TV and painting miniatures. We didn't go out anywhere. Uh, and in fact, we got a takeaway in the evening. The reason we got a takeaway rather than going out to a restaurant is I just wasn't in the right place mentally or physically to get up, you know, get presentable and go out and sit in a restaurant where I was physically struggling to stay awake all day. So we just got a takeout from the local courier house, sat and watched loads of telly, um, Watch the Grand Prix, so it was the Silverstone Grand Prix, so it's always nice to have the Silverstone Grand Prix on my birthday, and I painted lots of miniatures. So that was my actual birthday. No games were played on the 3rd of July. Shocking. Right, moving on. Um, this week. What have I played this week? Well, I played Terracotta Army, and that's on the channel now. So on Tuesday, I learned how to play Terracotta Army. This is a new game coming from Board and Dice. It's going straight to retail, this one, so there's no crowdfunding for this one. Um, and I got the chance to learn it on Tuesday. I read through the rulebook in the morning and then I got together with some friends and Michael from Board and Dice and we played it on Tuesday afternoon. And then I did a live playthrough yesterday with Adam Kwapinski. So two of my friends joined me, James and Scott, and we did a four player game of Terracotta Army and that's on the channel now. So if you want to see a live playthrough where we teach you the rules of the game as we go along uh, with the designer, Adam, uh, one of the designers, Adam Kwapinski, that's on the channel now. So that's Terracotta Army. That was a sponsored video uh, for Board and Dice. Board and Dice asked me to create that video. But what I can tell you about the game is that it is mechanically very solid. It's a very clever game, but it, uh, it has a spatial element to the game that I think personally I'm going to struggle with. It is a game where you are building up the Terracotta Army. There's this grid on the board and you're basically building soldiers using clay and you're building soldiers, warriors is what they're called, to put them in here but then there is scoring based on where they all are. And each of the different warriors has a special ability, but it is very much a game about spotting the opportunities uh, of where to place things. Now, I struggle with games like that. I didn't struggle as much as I thought I would with this. So if you're, if you're already put off by the fact that I'm saying, oh, there's a spatial element and you've got to work out where the pieces go, don't dismiss it straight away because I looked at the rulebook and I thought, I'm not going to enjoy this because I'm not good at that part of the game. Actually, it wasn't as bad for me as I thought. And I came second in the game that we played. I, did, I actually did pretty well. Um, so yeah, that, that's quite a clever game. And that is, uh, I say, it's coming from Board and Dice later on this year. 
Uh, and there we go. That's that's Terracotta Army. What else have I done? Um, I played Endless Winter last night. So I said I was going to talk a bit more about Endless Winter. I played it over my birthday weekend, and I also played it last night. I am going to be going to Manicon next weekend. So, uh, yeah. So I'm going to be going to Manicon on the 15th to the 17th of July, and I'm going to be taking Endless Winter with me, and I'm going to be playing it probably five times that weekend. The reason for that is I'm going to be doing the official how-to-play videos for the game, and they're all going to be tutorial and playthroughs, and I've got five of them planned. One with the base game, one with each of the three expansions, and the solo game as well. Which means I need to spend a lot of my time really learning and practicing Endless Winter because I'm doing a, I'm going to be doing a whole series of videos on it. Those videos are going to be um, filmed in the last two weeks of July, um, and then I'm going to be editing them together. Not all as one video; they are going to be separate videos, but they should be released hopefully at the start of August. I'm trying to get all the videos done for when backers will get their copies. But I still don't know exactly when backers will get their copies. So my aim is to get the videos done as soon as I can. And then uh, Fantasia Games will let me know when I can release them. But I'm hoping to get them all finished before uh, the start of August. Because then, then I've got a bit of time off and I won't be able to work on them then. Um, what do I think about the game? I, this is one where I really shouldn't give you my personal opinion on the game. Because I've been professionally involved in the project uh, you know, I've been working on the rule books for the game for a very, very long time, and I'm going to be doing the videos on, on how to play. So, yeah, me giving you my personal opinion on the game is not something that I feel comfortable doing. What I will tell you about the game is there's a lot going on. Okay, this is a deck building worker placement style game. However, there is, if we compare it to, say, Lost Ruins of Arnak, I think this is a more complex game. There is a lot more going on. There are actually a number of little mini-games going on. So first of all, you've got the action selection system part of the game where you place one of your workers on the board and you perform various actions, okay? There's that. Then you've got the map. So you've got a map which is made up of all different terrain hexes. I've got an itchy nose again. Um, map made up of different terrain hexes, which is kind of a little bit like area control because what you're going to be doing is you're going to be adding your camps to that and you're going to be moving those camps around, converting them into villages. But essentially, you're trying to get the most influence over the hexes because that gives you benefits in the eclipse phase. Then you have the idle tracks, which is another separate part of the game where you're moving your idols up these tracks, which will get you bonuses and end of game points. Then you've got the animal section where you can go hunting for animals and that uses a set collection system. So at the end of the game, you're going to get points for collecting sets of animals, but you can tip the animals over, which represents you basically killing the animals and, and getting food out of them for various benefits. Uh, what else? Have I, oh, then you've got the megaliths. So you've got this, this whole extra section of the board where you're going to be building these megaliths, placing pieces on the board to cover up bonuses and everything else. So yeah, there's a lot going on in the game. There is a lot of iconography, and I would say this, this is more complex than Lost Ruins of Arnak. I think it's more complex than Dune Imperium as well. I've not actually played it, but people I know that have played it have said this is more complex. That's not a bad thing. Just go into this knowing that there's actually a lot going on in your first game, and it's going to take you at least one game, maybe even two, to get used to it. And after that, it will flow a lot better. It also uses a very clever system for cards where you've got the cards in your hand, and you can play them during the action phase to do the main benefit of the card. But almost every card in the game 
well certainly the tribe cards have an eclipse benefit as well so what you can do is you can keep some cards back to the eclipse phase essentially the cards are two uses you play them in the action phase and they do certain things or you can play them in the eclipse phase and they do other things as well so you have a lot of interesting decisions to make with the cards in your hand there you go no personal opinion but i've told you a bit about the game i can tell you that it looks amazing and it has a massive table presence. The artwork in the game, the production quality of the game is absolutely fantastic. That's not an opinion, that's a fact. Right, that's Endless Winter and that is the game that I played last night. Now, as I mentioned at the start, I'm playing, um, I'm, this video is probably gonna go out this weekend, by which point I will have already played two other games. I'm playing Australia tonight and we're gonna be using the expansion set for that game. Um, and then I'm also going to be playing Marvel Champions tomorrow, but we'll talk about them later on. Right, that is a list of all of the games that I've been playing, except for... I've been playing a few games of Memoir 44 on Board Game Arena against an old friend of mine, Ian. Thank you very much, Ian, for these games. Um, I've been enjoying them. It's, it's been quite nice to play a bit of Memoir 44. It is very dice-based, okay? Memoir 44 is one of those games which I like, it's hex-based, I don't mind the card-driven system, but ultimately, you are rolling a lot of dice. Memoir 44 is, is, is one of those games where you can have games where you just get really lucky with the dice or your opponent can get unlucky with the dice. But there are still a number of tactical choices in the game um, that I like it. And because it is quite light and quite easy to play, it's just playing a card, moving some units, rolling some dice. But the scenarios are uh, quite different. Um, each scenario will have special rules, certain victory conditions, and all the different terrain types and unit types. It do does make it quite a nice game to play. But yeah, a little bit, a little bit heavy on the dice front for me. Uh, that it's not a game you can take seriously because the dice could go completely against you. Right, that's all of the games that I've been playing. So moving along to, uh, let's do a Patreon update. Um, so the current number of Patreon supporters is eight hundred and twelve. Now, for the first time in about a year, uh, we've had a really bad month for the Patreon. Now, that's not to say, uh, obviously, a big thank you to everybody who has stuck with me, because I know times are difficult at the moment. Um, but we also had 20 new supporters in June. I'm going to put a list on screen now. This is the 20 new people that have started supporting me in June. If you have started supporting me in July, your name will appear on the next month. So, yeah. Big thank you to all of my new supporters. Uh, unfortunately, um, uh, more people left than joined in the month. So we're actually 13 down on this time last month. So yeah, we're currently 812 supporters, which is still fantastic. You know, it's over 800 and I'm still very appreciative of that. Um, but as far as the growth of the Patreon goes, it, it took a big loss um, in June. The current situation is that it's actually carrying, that, that trend is still carrying on uh, and where we are now compared to where we were at the start of July, it's continuing to drop. But as I say, times are really difficult right now and times are very uncertain with a lot of things going on in the world. So it, it, it's understandable how a, a number of people have to drop their support. And if you're one of those people that is watching this video uh, and you are one of my patron supporters and you're thinking, oh, times are a bit difficult, money's a bit tight at the moment, please drop your support. I have no problem with that whatsoever. The important thing is that people look after themselves in, in these times. If you are in a position to be able to support me, then that's fantastic because you're helping me continue to create content. And uh, right, so yeah, that's that's where we are with the Patreon. Now, giveaway. Last month's giveaway was for a copy of Star Wars Outer Rim, which Asmodee accidentally sent me about six months ago. So I decided that I would put it in a giveaway. I did the draw earlier in this week uh, and Andrea, uh, congratulations Andrea, you have won. And I've been in contact with you. 
and I need to get it out of the attic and send it off to you. I haven't done that yet. I might try and remember to do that this weekend. But yeah, Star Wars Outer Rim was the giveaway for last month. I don't actually have a giveaway yet for this month. And no, you're not having this because this is my copy of Endless Winter. Uh, and no, you're not having Colin either. Um, but if I do get round to finding a game to do a giveaway for this month, then I, I will do that and I will announce it. So the monthly giveaways um, are something that you don't need to enter. Basically, all of my patron supporters at producer level or higher automatically get entered into the draw, and then I just pick somebody at random, and uh, yeah, and I, and I do the draw. It's just a fun thing that I like to do, and you don't have to do anything to enter that. So yeah, watch this space. There may be there may be a giveaway this month. I just don't know what it's going to be yet. Um, right. Also, rel sort of linked in with the Patreon, I give all of my advertising revenue to charity. Every single penny of my advertising revenue goes to charity. It always has. Ever, ever since I turned advertising on, on the channel, uh, then all of my advertising revenue goes to charity. Um, and I don't say this every month, but yeah, may, maybe I should. Um, and the only reason that I'm able to do that is because of the Patreon support. So yeah, a big thank you to everybody who supports me on Patreon, because your financial support means that I don't need to rely on the financial support from the YouTube advertising. And what I do is every month, I give all of that advertising revenue to charity. It's generally speaking about four or, four or 500 pounds a month that goes. June's money, I can tell you now, I can tell you where it's going. Um, and this is, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a sad story to be honest, but um, a lot of people who watch my channel uh, also know Mark Sarastro. Mark Sarastro is a miniature painter and he has his own channel and his own Patreon and he produces probably the best quality painting tutorials out there. A lot of people do painting tutorials and I watch way too many of them uh, but Mark in my opinion produces the best. Now I'm saying that might be slightly biased. Mark is a friend, uh, he's one of the nicest people that I've ever met and if I was to make a list of the top 10 people who I wished lived closer so that I could actually play more games with them, Mark would definitely be on that list. So the sad news is, unfortunately, that Mark lost his sister Rachel to cancer earlier on in June, and he's posted on his page that if anybody wanted to make any donations on behalf of Rachel, it's Martlets. Martlets.org.uk is the name of the hospice that looked after Rachel. So yeah, so I've decided all of my advertising revenue for June is, is going to go to them. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things. But yeah, a, bit, a big thank you again, to, as I say, to all of my patron supporters that give me the, the financial flexibility to be able to keep contributing uh, to worthy causes. And if you are a patron supporter of mine and you have an idea for a charity, because to be honest, uh, although last month it was obvious where my money would be going and it's going to be the same for next month as well, um, I'm always looking for ideas. So yeah, if you're a patron supporter of mine, please get in contact with me if there is a particular charity that you want me to donate uh, my monthly uh, um, advertising revenue to. Just let me know, either drop me an email or on Slack or through Patreon or whatever. So just going back to the, the Patreon, I've spoken over the last couple of months and I have been trying to get the balance a bit more to a level of my liking. There was a period about two months ago where I was doing too many sponsored videos and you might be thinking, well, hang on a minute, Paul. Surely a sponsored video means you're getting paid for doing the work. How can you be doing too many? And it's all about the, the balance and the lifestyle that I want. I want to be in a situation where approximately 50% of the content I create is not sponsored because sponsored content comes with it extra uh, stress, extra responsibility, everything else. And I actually, Although I enjoy playing games, I, I really enjoy doing the playthroughs which aren't sponsored. That, for me, 
is me saying thank you to all of my patron supporters and me producing content which is a lot less uh, a lot less stressful and makes me happier so i've been trying to get into a into a position and i'm happy to say actually for the last few weeks I, i've been limited the number of sponsored playthroughs to one a week um so this week for example was terracotta army but i'm going to be doing australia tonight not sponsored marvel champions tomorrow not sponsored uh, I did a solo playthrough, um, I did a computer game playthrough earlier in the week for Patreon supporters, that wasn't sponsored. Obviously all of the unboxing videos that I do are not sponsored. So this is a week where I've produced, I think, five or six live videos and only one of them has been sponsored. And it, if I look ahead to my schedule over the next few months, I am definitely trying to limit myself to one sponsored video a week. But that doesn't mean I'm gonna, not going to be doing other videos, they will just be uh, Patreon funded. So yeah. I'm getting the balance a bit better back as we were. Um, there may be the odd week where I end up doing two just because, you know, those things happen and timings and everything else. I don't have any sponsored videos planned for next week, for example. So that's going to be a week where, where there are no sponsored videos. Anyway, getting the balance back and yeah, can't do it without your help. So thank you very much for that. Right, future plans. So, first of all, tonight I'm going to be playing Australia. So this video log is very likely not going to be going out before I get to play Australia tonight. Um, and we're going to be using the new expansion. The, so the new expansion, there's two of them actually, but they're very modular. And the, what, the, the part of the new expansion we're going to be playing tonight is the one versus many mode. So that's going to be interesting to play. So Rob Turner, uh, who has played um, Australia before, likes the game and is also very comfortable with being the one in a one versus many game uh, Rob is going to be playing Cthulhu tonight uh, and the rest of us are going to be trying to defeat him and win. So I'm really looking forward to that. I do enjoy Australia. It's one of those weird games that I probably shouldn't enjoy when you look at it on paper, but I do really enjoy it. And I also quite like, the, as, as I mentioned earlier on, the sort of cooperative team-based element. I don't like being the one in a one versus many game. That's, that's my own sort of drawback with those style of games is I don't like being the one. Although I didn't mind being the sniper in Sniper Elite. Um, but yeah, going to be interesting to play that tonight. And tomorrow I'm going to be playing Marvel Champions. Marvel Champions is a game which ideally I would be playing once or twice a week. And I've not played it in about six months. It's just one of those things. Um, and although tomorrow's video is not a sponsored video, I am going to be showing off the new playmats from Powerplant Games. Powerplant Games are one of my patron supporters. They've got some new playmats for the game. I'll put a picture of them on screen now. Uh, but tomorrow which will probably be already on the channel before this video goes live. Um, I'm going to be doing a playthrough using those maps. So Rick's coming over tomorrow and yeah, we're going to be doing Marvel Champions tomorrow. So that's very exciting tonight and tomorrow. But next week, not quite sure what the plans are for next week. Um, at the moment, I'm still working out what I'm going to be doing on the Wednesday night. But then on the Friday, I'm off to Manicon. So that's very exciting. Manicon is one of my favourite UK conventions and it's been three years since the last Manicon. So I'm going to be going to Manicon uh, for three days and I'm going to be playing a whole bunch of Endless Winter, as I mentioned, but I'm also going to be playing Perseverance. I'm also going to be playing Star Wars Outer Rim and that might be it. It might just be Perseverance, Star Wars Outer Rim and lots of games of Endless Winter, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, that's, that's what's happening at Manicon. Then the next two, the last two weeks in July, I'm going to be filming uh, five tutorial and playthrough videos for Endless Winter. Um, so yeah, that's going to be coming 
later on in July. I will be doing some other content later on in July. I'm supposed to be covering the new D&D Onslaught game from WizKids Games. Uh, I've got a demo copy of that coming and I'm supposed to be covering that at the end of the month. But then also, at the very, very end of this month, is a charity event that I want to tell you about, which is happening in Somerset in the UK. Uh, it's organised by a friend of mine, Dan, and uh, he's looking to sell tickets to this event to raise money for charity. I was due to go to this event. I was really looking forward to it. I was planning to go there, show my support, uh, and also help teach people how to play games at the event. Unfortunately, circumstances have conspired, and I'm unable to attend the event myself physically in person. But if you are interested, I will put a link to the uh, in, in the description to the to the event. And it's on Saturday. Well, it, it's 9 a.m. on Saturday, the 30th of July, right through to 9 a.m. on the 31st of July, because it is a 24-hour gaming event. You don't need to go for all 24 hours if you can't, um, but he's going to be there and he's going to be playing lots of games and raising money for charity. Um, what I'm going to be doing instead is I am going to be doing some live streams that day. I'm going to be doing at least one live stream, possibly two live streams, solo games and the games will be voted on by my patreon supporters but i'm going to be doing it in order to raise money for the charity so i will be basically during those live streams i will be pointing people to the just giving page that they will be setting up in order that people can donate to the charity and if you want to know where all of my advertising revenue for this month is going that's where it's going to be going so yeah i'll be donating uh, quite a lot of money myself to the charity in support of Dan and, and what he's doing with it. But if you are able to attend the event either in person, go along, get some tickets. Luke Hector's going to be there demoing um, Star Wars Outer Rim. Well, he's going to be doing at least one game of Star Wars Outer Rim. Um, but yeah, tickets are on sale right now. So if you can make it and you want a day out of playing games and to support the charity, then do so. Um, if not, you can always donate to them using the Just Giving page. But as I say, I will be doing a live stream myself that day just from uh, my own home rather than at the event itself. So that's what's coming up uh, in the next few weeks. Right, next up is a painting update. I have been doing an awful lot of painting recently. Uh, I've had a lot of time in front of TV because of lots of other things going on. I have been, uh, yeah, kind of half forcing myself, but kind of half saying, look, I just need a break. I've had quite a few evenings in front of TV, and I've and as I mentioned earlier, I spent the whole of the 3rd of July, my actual birthday, just 12 hours, I think, mostly in front of TV painting. And I've been painting a lot of miniatures recently. So I'll put a picture on screen of some of the things that I've painted. I've painted a couple more miniatures from Batman Gotham City Chronicles. Uh, then I took a break and I painted the villages from Endless Winter. Uh, and I've also been painting the spaceships from Stars of Akarios. These are the ones that I've been painting in the last sort of week or so. Um, I enjoy the painting process. It gives me a break from everything else. Uh, and it gives me time in front of TV where I wouldn't normally just... I can't, I can't just sit and watch TV. I've always got to be doing something. Um, and I'm really happy with the amount of painting that I'm doing at the moment. Uh, I've also been doing quite a number of home improvements. We've had four trips to Ikea in the space of like eight days or something. Um, so this room, you can't see it, but I've actually transformed this room a bit. I've got a new shelf up there. I've got a new Billy bookcase over there. And this table has been dropped six centimetres um, because I was finding that this table was a little bit too high and it was digging in to, to, to my ribs quite a lot. Uh, and also the, 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 the fold-out chairs that I use for guests in this room, they were a bit low and they have to be the fold-out chairs because I can't use chairs like this one because there's just no space for them. Um, but that means that, yeah, the table was a bit high. 
I, it wasn't a simple case of dropping it because there were two A-frames that were keeping it up. So I've basically been to Ikea, bought some table legs, screwed them into the bottom of the door. There's a door underneath this game topper. Anyway, I've been doing lots of improvements, but that's actually been quite nice. I feel that um, everywhere is a lot more tidier now because I've got a lot more storage for games, even though I've lost a lot of the storage space that I had under this table. Um, and generally everywhere is a little bit tidier. So that that's always quite good. Um, I've been a bit more brutal as well. I've, I've had to be a bit more brutal with games that have gone into the attic. Games go into the attic as a kind of stepping stone before I then get rid of them. Um, and they will, or most of the games that are in the attic, I mean, there's a few games that are in the attic that I'll never get rid of, like my original copy of Through the Ages, right? I'm never going to get rid of that. But there are a number of games up in the attic that I have put there because, okay, I, I didn't like this game or I'm never going to play this game again. And these are all going to go into the charity raffle at Gridcon. So the Gridcon charity raffle, there's going to be a lot of my old games. And we're going to probably clear about 50 games from the attic. Um, yeah, so that's going to be good. Speaking of Gridcon, what's the current situation? So Gridcon is my own convention that me and Vicky organise. It's happening at the uh, in November this year. We're currently in the position where tickets have uh, gone on sale to everybody who's booked a room in the hotel and tickets are currently on sale to Patreon supporters. And next week we are going to be making tickets live to the public. Um, we've already sold about 190 tickets so far. So there's only going to be about 60 or 70 of them available for the public. Um, but if you're interested in attending Gridcon and you're watching this video, get yourself on the Gridcon Facebook page because I will be announcing the date when tickets go on sale there uh, and it will be on a first come first serve basis. Unfortunately, you know, I mean, I'd love, I'd love to be able to invite and have everybody there, but we are limited on numbers, uh, and that's why we're using a ticketing system. So yeah, keep an eye on the Gridcon Facebook page, or if you're a patron supporter of mine, you do already have access to tickets, uh, and if you can, if you can get them before next week to make sure you get one, then please do so. I think that's everything. Yeah, I've covered all of the games that I've played. I've covered everything that's happening in the next few weeks. We've talked about the charity payments. We've talked about the Patreon. We've talked about what I've been up to. That's everything. We're all done. I will get this video edited this afternoon, and who knows? I might be able to get a sneak version of it out before uh, before the weekend. We will see. I do need to set up Australia for tonight and have a read through how the one versus many rules work. But yeah, looking forward to that later on. As always, a big thank you to all of my patron supporters for this. And uh, some of you are listening to this as a podcast version rather than a, a video version. So yeah, thank you for your support for helping make the podcast possible. And I think that's about it. So yeah, I'll wrap things up. I'll say goodbye. See you next time. Take care. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.